Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mayor on Air podcast. I, of course, am the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, and we are broadcasting today from beautiful Road America in Elkhart Wake, Let's go. Elkhart Wake. Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, and uh, very happy and privileged to be joined by uh, Mr. Max Chilton, driver of the number eight Ganassi car uh, for Honda. Max, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a, an honor to be welcome to the, the Hinch's show. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a listener of Sirius XM. I was driving up from Chicago yesterday and I listened to the advert to, to purchase it about a thousand times. So I need to get on board and purchase it. But no, it's great to be here and I love this track. This is my sort of kind of track here in, here in Watkins Glen, uh, fast flowing, smooth track. So yeah, ready to getting ready to kick off the weekend with a good good interview. Yeah, nice uh, nice permanent road course here, and uh, we'll get into that for a bit. As you mentioned, uh, Sirius XM, you do need to get on that. And if you're not listening on this, we do play on Sirius 214 XM 209. Uh, you may have downloaded it though, so you've probably already missed that. So just check the next one. Um, but yes, here Road America. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk IndyCar racing a little bit. You said this is one of your favorite tracks. I feel like that's a pretty uh, a pretty you know wide held feeling among the drivers here. What makes this place so special? Um, for me, it was my first time here um, uh, last year, and it just appealed to me because it was uh, my favourite track in the world is Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium, um, and it's it's a long lap. It's about seven kilometres, so in English, it's just under five miles. Um, <laughs> but it's silky smooth, really really undulating, so you get some really high vantage points for the fans to see a lot of the track. Um, but it also produces great racing. You've got long straights into these really tight bus stop sections where people have to be uh, king of the bulls on, on the brakes to, to get the overtakes done but it allows good racing um, it's a bit like here actually it's, it's in the hills so you regularly get um, rain when it's actually quite a nice weekend and that puts a it's raining a, right now it's it a spanner in the work so it's uh, it just I don't know I just felt comfortable here um, and it's one of those tracks I'm sure you're the same uh, you can put a lot of effort into tracks which just don't appeal to you and you, you struggle to get a result some tracks you just do what you normally do and you come away quick and I qualified seventh here last year we're running well and we unfortunately ran out of fuel now running out of fuel coming to the pit lane anywhere is usually fine but when you've got like a mountain to climb on the pit entry here uh, I stopped halfway up it and my mechanics had to push me for the last uh, probably 500 yards so we lost a couple of laps doing that but it's a fantastic uh, track great part of the world and um, yeah it's great to be back here you guys did not come test here the other day. You chose to go to Watkins Glen instead. Yeah. Um, did, did, are you worried about that? Was that how, well, how'd that test go? Um, that test was a bizarre one in the way that we were we started running at 4 p.m. and finished running at 8 p.m. Um, there was a Porsche members club that had the track and because we booked it late, that was all we could have. So <laughs> it was like a test day split in two. I think we learned quite a lot because we had that sort of day in between to assess what we wanted to do. Um, but on the other side, there was only two Penskis and, uh, and me and Charlie. So there wasn't a great deal to compare against. Um, but uh, Charlie and uh, Will Power were doing tyre testing. So they were literally new new boots every time they were going out. Um, and oh, I was fun. doing the long ones. <laughs> yeah, Charlie looked knackered at the end, to be honest. He did like 90 laps and I did like 30. Yeah, I was like, 90 qualifying laps. That's yeah, all exactly. new tyres. And, and it's hard around there. It's, uh, Watkins Glen is one of these tracks you put a new, a new set of tyres on and it takes you four to five laps to get to your lap time. So it's, But you've got to push. You can't just drive around for four to five laps and then the time will come. You've got to push, push, push for four to five laps. Then you can get your lap time. So, uh, yeah, I think Charlie was pretty knackered by the end of it. But we learned a lot. Um, Anything that will apply here this weekend? 
Yes and no. I don't know. You never know. We'll I, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been racing 15, 16 years, and I don't think you can predict anything. Yeah. Um, but you could argue they are similar tracks. Um, but uh, you know, Honda have a great package this year. This is a f- you know a track where you use a lot of fuel. I like to think the Honda has a better fuel mileage. In fact, it definitely does than the Chevrolet. So hopefully that will come into play. Um, but hopefully there isn't much rain. I don't fancy driving this place in the rain, to be honest with you. Not a whole lot of runoff here. No. That's, that's, again, kind of part of what makes it cool, right? Yeah, it's not exactly. like the, the, the bubble wrapping of all the nice European tracks yep. that uh, there's so much runoff and it's all paved and all the rest of it. Here, if you make a mistake, you're going to get you're gonna get penalized for it. Um, let me ask you a question. We always do this with our guests. We like to ask uh, if they've ever listened to an episode of the show before. <laughs> Negative. Negative. All right. Yeah, that that puts you in the. To be uh, fair, I wouldn't know how. It's like I just left the bus, bus and closed. Like, how do I listen to this? I was like, oh, they retweet it. It'll be out there. The the good news is that puts you in with the other 100% of the guests okay. that have been on the show. So don't feel bad about it. I just love asking. You. I think one of these days, Brian, we might have a guest that's actually heard it before. Uh, that's not just their episode if they've right. been on again. Um, so one of the things that we like to do is we like to kind of recap. Uh, the last IndyCar race. So obviously, last yep. race out for us was uh, Texas Motor Speedway mm. for the Rain Guard 600 or something like that. Uh, talk me through Texas. How was your weekend there? Um, difficult one to explain. I think we qualified. I can't remember. We qualified six. I think actually it was quite good. Actually, I had a little of a, a bit of a pussy lift into turn one and qualifying. Which if I had done that, um, I probably would have qualified on the front row. Um, but we, we had a strong car, no doubt. Yeah, but I did my standard. Ganassi out the front row, right, with Charlie and Scott. Charlie and Scott, yeah. yeah we, so there was, there, no doubt we had a good car. But um, if I'm going to be brutally honest with you, I ovals I don't enjoy. I'm going to put it out there, and I don't think I'm the only driver to say that. But I feel like I'm naturally quite quick on them. I've had more results in America on ovals than I have on these sort of tracks. Uh, don't ask me why. Maybe it's because I'm smooth and I sort of touch wood try and stay out of trouble um <laughs> but i did what i did at indy um i was surrounded by people doing some wild overtakes i felt well out of my comfort zone and i went from p6 to basically p last in the first stint um and i could sense it was going to be a wild race a long race so i thought i'm just going to st- try and stay out of trouble but it's still difficult just to stay out of trouble but we did that um and then we did what we did at india you know india i was just uh, i was lapped down behind alonso after the red flag um, and then we, we went off strategy, got myself to the front, and I'm quick when I'm out in front. So we did that at uh, Texas, um, uh, led the restart, and then we sort of stayed up the front for the rest of the race. So um, it went to it went to plan, um, but right towards the end, it was just so wild, the last 20 laps. Um, yeah, we saw that there last I, year, I was too. trying to stay out of trouble. <laughs> Scott spun, and I think it was Sato, and unfortunately, I hit Scott pretty hard when he was spinning across the track. But my steering arms broke the front nose went under the car but I managed to keep it going round to, to finish 8th even though I didn't finish I finished 8th so that was how wild it was there was 22 starters and 7 finishes but it was sort of enjoyable the last 20 laps because it was so mental but it, I don't think there was many drivers took their helmet off that off, <laughs> took their helmet off after that race feeling like they with, with a big smile yeah, yeah. <laughs> you being one of them because you Me, were involved I was involved in the big one to be mm. sure but uh, yeah nature of the beast I guess at a place like that um, so obviously coming here back to road courses back to your comfort zone one of your favorite tracks how do you feel about this weekend for just from your seat um, I'm really looking forward to it um, IndyCar for me is all very new. I remember saying 10 years ago I'd never do it and look where I am now. I'm in my second year. Never say never. Yeah, exactly. Never say never. So 
you know, I might as well enjoy it, and I am enjoying it. These are the tracks that appeal to me. We were quick here last year, my rookie year was seventh. Um, I know the past doesn't predict the future, but I think we can come back here with a good car uh, and be at the front. Um, so I'm gonna just try and extract the most out of it. I think I've, the thing I've learned most uh, being with Scott and Tony and Charlie, Charlie's in his seventh year, but that, you know, Tony and Scott are in this, they're 15th or Tony's in his 20th, yeah. is, which is mad, experience pays. And so I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. Um, I think this track, you know, experience does pay, but I think you can qualify well without the experience, but I think you need the experience to race well. So I try and work out how I'm going to race um, and hopefully try and get out on that little golf course they've created here. They've got one of those disc golf courses here. And I, I, I've, oh, really? I've always wanted to try it. Yeah, they've built... <laughs> Built 18 whole golf course here with the discs. Frisbee, frisbee, frisbee golf. golf. Yeah, so yeah. I want to go have a go I at that. Know, yeah. Oh, I'll have to get out there. I spoke to the guy that runs this track when, uh, about, when was it? We had to do our media day before the 500. Yeah. We, we came to Milwaukee and he was telling me all about it. And I was like, you know, you can throw those things pretty, pretty long way. And I was like, can no one who's been drinking sort of whip one onto the track? And he said, we like to think we've put them far enough <laughs> apart. But I know I'm going to be driving down that back straight on Friday afternoon. Dodging I'm going to frisbees. Wait, dodging frisbees. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. It might be me. Uh, all right, before we head to our first break, uh, one thing we'd like to do, excluding you and me, just so that it's not weird, yep. give me your prediction for top three this weekend at Road America. Not, no particular order, just just who do you think will be on the podium this weekend? Okay, um, you've got to go for Scotty D. Always. Always. Doesn't matter um, what the track is. Yeah. Uh, I like to think I'm going to be up there, but I'm not going to tempt fate. So I think I'm going to be up in the top six. Um, I think who else? Uh, Power's always quick at these quarter tracks, but it's whether he stays out of trouble because half the time he gets himself into trouble. Um, so you've got to say Penske's going to be up there. So I'll probably say Power, um, and then you've got to go for a wild card from another team. Uh, let's go for you. Let's go for the hinge. Let's see if we can get you out there. All right, fine. Yeah. We'll do that. That sounds good. All right, we're going to head to our first break. Uh, now, we warned you beforehand, we're going to need a song. So we're going to play a song during the break. What does Max Chillin like to listen to? Um, the people want to know, Max. Um, Earth, Wind & Fire, September. There you go. There we go. There you go. Here in June, we're going to listen to September. We'll be back with more from Max Chillin right after this.
Okay, James Hinchcliffe back here with Max Chilton on the Mayor on Air podcast, Sirius 214 XM 209. We're here at Road America. We've talked to IndyCar Racing, Max. That's great. Everybody loves that. But let's, let's talk Max Chilton a little bit. Uh, you've come over here, obviously, from racing Europe your whole career, British-born. Yep. And raised? Yep. You lived anywhere but Britain? No. Rygate. Always lived in Rygate. Always will live in Rygate. Hence why Always I still will. commute. Yeah. That's, I, I, I did want to talk about that. Uh, why Why the aversion to, to committing to move to the States? Um, I don't know why. I've just got... I'm one of these people. People will say home is where the heart is. Now, there's certain people that I know in racing where they can happily and quite quickly move where their heart belongs. But to me, I would. I could move here. But I'd always be like, when am I going home next? And it's just, it's very sort of, I can, it's intense. And I just, I don't know why. Like, Rygate's a cool place. I'm not going to say it's the coolest place on the earth. But it's something <laughs> that draws me back to that. I went back for two days after like 40 days out here. And I was just like, oh, I'm home. Just so nice to be home. I just like to do it. And actually, to be honest with you, yes, it seems mad. Like, that was my 71st crossing the Atlantic in just <laughs> over two years. But it's only like it was seven hours to chicago now tony a couple of people live in florida he does like 150 flights a year i do about 70 yes mine are longer ones but i would rather get on a long flight once you know and not have to once. do connections yeah and, yeah. and, and instead of doing here there and everywhere like a bus service and getting more more chance of delays by getting on connecting flights so. yeah to, to be fair it took me five hours to get here from toronto doing a stop in chicago then up to milwaukee and yeah. all the rest of it so it's not how many how many air miles do you have um i'm coming up to a million air miles on ba <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting there. Do you get like a percentage of the company? Which would be nice, but I feel like there's many others like that. Dario, <laughs> Dario's on the, he's on this lifetime gold on BA. He's got so many air miles that basically he doesn't need to ever fly with BA again until he's an old, old man. They, they, know, they, they, he can still always be gold. <laughs> they, they pay him to fly yeah. basically now. Exactly, yeah. They... I remember when I was young coming up, a lot of the established guys, the Tonys, the Darios, whatever, always told me, whatever you do, avoid ever having to move to Indianapolis. Now, I didn't listen, and I live there, and I love it there, but I, I can understand maybe where they were coming from, but to not even be in the same continent, that's yeah. that's new. That's that's a bold strategy. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's just the way I am. Um, but it hasn't tired you out? Has it tired me out? I don't think so. Like, I've been pretty tired this week, but but I think it was just a mad week because we were testing Watkins Glen. Actually, I'll tell that story because that was crazy. It was like we did two days of testing at Watkins Glen. Then we finished at 8 o'clock at night, um, and then I had a 300-mile drive to JFK Airport. So I got there early hours in the morning, two hours sleep, and I had to get up at 5 a.m. to fly to, to London, day flight back to London, landed in the evening, packed, showered, tried to get sleep because I had like six hours before my, I had to get up. Couldn't sleep with jet lag. Um, so then I had to get up and fly to Spain all day at a friend's wedding and oh, got yeah. to bed at like midnight. So in 52 hours, I had two hours sleep. <laughs> so I think I'm still catching up on my sleep from yeah, there. Yeah, fair enough. But up to this point, it hasn't been too bad. Yeah. All right, okay. So we've established that you love the homeland. Um, as do I. I'm, I've got yep. a British passport. I understand. I get it. Yeah. But let's let's find out exactly exactly how British you are. Oh God. So we've got a little survey. We're going to ask you ten questions. Use multiple choice. This is gonna, this is history based, and I'm not good at history. No, I'm it's a, not. I'm it's a, not history okay. based. No, no, it's right. not. It's more it's more just personality based. Okay. So you're good. Okay. You're about to go on holiday. It's seven a.m. and you're sat in the departure lounge. I'm assuming a Heathrow and BA. What do you drink? A. A cup of Earl Grey. A cup of Builder's breakfast. A coffee. A pint, you're on holiday after all, or a glass of OJ. Well, how's it, how does that decide how British I am? Well, oh. 
Well, yeah, we drink tea, so I'd say Earl Grey. Yeah, definitely Earl Grey. That's what you would drink. I wouldn't, because I don't drink hot drinks, but that's what the English thing well, would no, be. Well, no, don't answer honestly. <laughs> oh, I'd care. have orange juice. You'd have orange juice. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's European. That, that's, that's not the point of that. Oh, right, You're okay. missing the point. <laughs> okay. okay. The hairdresser holds up their mirror. You hate your new haircut. What do you do? Do you politely ask them if they, if they could maybe make it a bit more like what you had in mind? Do you call in sick at work for the next few days to ensure minimum embarrassment? Do you tell them it's great and then go and get it fixed at another place? Do you tell them exactly what you think and, review, and refuse to pay? Or do you smile and nod before tipping them? <laughs> um, smile and nod before tipping them and then go get it changed elsewhere. <laughs> Okay, you're introduced to a new colleague, but don't quite catch their name. How do you react? Ask them to repeat their name. Avoid using their name at all costs by calling them mate and hey you. Do you guess their name? Do you ignore them forever? Or do you make up false stories about them so they lose your job and you avoid ever having to see them again? I call them mate. I call everybody mate because I'm awful with names. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say even when you know their name, you call yeah. them that. Okay, when did you have your last cup of tea? I think we've already established this. You don't drink tea. No, never. That, and that's, an off, that's one of the A options. Yeah. So you don't drink tea. All right, number five. You wave at a friend in the street, but then realize it wasn't them. Do you laugh it off? It happens to everyone. Do you chase them down and explain what happened? Do you cry? Do you have a drink? Or do you replay the moment over and over again in your mind until you, something even more embarrassing happens? Um... Just smile and laugh it off. Laugh it off. That's yeah. what I feel like a normal person yeah. would do. Those other options were a little concerning. <laughs> you and your partner are both adamant that each other... Okay, sorry. You and your partner are both adamant... <laughs> you'll get why I struggle on this one. You and your partner are both adamant that each other eats the last hobnob. How do you resolve the situation? Do you split it in two? Do you do what they say and you eat it? Do you open another packet so you can both have one? Or do you argue about it and break up? You share it. Split it in two. Split it in two. All right. How is Chloe, by the way? She's very good. She's probably in the bus eating. Actually, she's in the bus eating dark chocolate. E- eating hobnobs. So. English <laughs> biscuits. There you go. Okay, someone knocks into you at the bar and spills their beer on you. What do you do? Do you get angry? Offer to buy them a replacement? Say sorry? Pretend nothing happened? Or try to make a joke out of it and become their friend? Oh, difficult one. I don't know how this is judging how British we are, but um, to be honest, if it's the back of them, I'd sort of just walk on and pretend I didn't know about it. <laughs> so I think there was one there trying pretend nothing happened. Pretend nothing happened. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Your flat is freezing cold, but it's too early in the year to put your heating on. So what do you do? Fiona's laughing in the corner because I feel like she knows her answer to all these. All England's these. always cold. England's always cold. Okay, so what do you do? Do you uh, put on a record equaling sixth jumper? <laughs> do you put the heating on? Who cares if it's August? Sit there stubborn, stubbornly whilst moaning about how cold it is. Make a cup of tea or go to the pub? Um, I would put the heating on, to be honest with you. Even nice if it's boring August. There you go. Okay, are England going to win the World Cup? <laughs> yes. With a bit of luck, they could make it to the finals. Hang on, which sport are we talking so, about? I'm assuming this quiz football. This is a little dated, so it's referring to the World Cup that has passed. Okay, football. Let's just say the, yeah, yeah. Say okay, the next one. Yeah, not rugby. Yeah, we're not. Uh, they'll lose quarterfinals on penalties. Probably not, but let's give the boys our full support. Or they've got as much chance of winning at the next World Cup as Scotland does. Yeah, so the last one. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, you're sat in the window seat of a plane and you need to use the bathroom, but the person in the aisle is asleep. What do you do? Gently wake them up? Risk lasting internal damage by refusing to say anything? Cough louder and louder until they wake up on their own? Or try to squeeze past them without waking them up? Um, the idea is last because I'm quite nimble. I like to think I could sort of climb over someone. Okay, final question. You started to bump into a new colleague on the train to work every morning. Do you change your commute, arrive at work a half hour early to avoid forced necessities, talk to them, be nice, ignore them forever, or pretend to be asleep? <laughs> um, well, I, well, I don't get why you're having to avoid them, but yeah, I probably... talk to them. Yeah, I just talk to them. There yeah. you go. Crack on. <laughs> the results are in. And I'm probably 10% British. Max, Max Chilton. <laughs> Max Chilton, British racing driver, who still lives in England whilst competing in the Verizon IndyCar series, was given a How British Are You quiz, and the results are in. How British are you? You're probably American. Seriously, check your passport. <laughs> that is what... Then there's a picture of a guy in front of Mount Rushmore with a bald eagle on his head playing oh, a yes. fender draped in an American flag and this jorts. That's you. That's you. No, That's, no, no. Uh, yeah, that's, that's alarming that's on a whole lot of levels. <laughs> so you might as well move here. I'm nearly a person that calls trousers pants. I can't admit that. That can't be right. No. You're, no, you're no, becoming no. American, Max. No. You're becoming a North American. Welcome to the dark side. No. Okay, we need to take uh, another quick break, uh, and then we'll be back with Max and a little bit more fun segment, and those who listen to the show know what's coming up next. Max doesn't, so he doesn't. But before we go, we need one more song. Elton John, Rocket Man. Mmm. Nice. From the man that wants to rock it around the racetrack here in Elkhart Lake this weekend, Ellen John, Rocket Man, back right after this. Kind of place to 
raise your kids In fact, it's cold as hell And there's no one there to raise them If you did Hope you guys enjoyed Elton John. We are back here at Road America with Max Chilton. I am James Hinchcliffe, the mayor of Hinchtown here on the Mayor On Air podcast, Sirius 214XM209. Max, we have reached our third and final segment of the show in which we like to play a little game called Trick or Tweet. The rules of Trick or Tweet are very simple. The guest has the choice of either performing for Buzzkill, Fiona, and myself an elaborate and exotic prop-filled magic trick Okay. Or you can answer questions from fans on Twitter. Well, I feel like I should entertain the masses, and doing something for you three is not entertaining the masses, so I will go for the tweet. You left your flaming chainsaws at home, so we can't do the magic trick. My only magic trick is this. There we go. (laughs) For the record, guys, that was a real fart. That was was on command. That's the first magic trick ever. That's true. That's true. That was just man. His his uh, his control over that was was phenomenal. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's very better impressive. when you just get out of the pool. You get a lot louder. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay, so we asked fans on Twitter to submit questions for Mr. Mad Max Chilton, and here's what we've come up with. Joshua would like to know: Growing up, what m- one meal did your mom or dad or anyone else for that matter cook you that you always looked forward to? What was your favorite meal as a kid? It's still the same. It's a Sunday chicken roast. 
and I love beef, but I think a chicken roast is better than a beef roast because you get more of it. With a beef, you get a few slithers. With a chicken roast, I always get for the leg and then a bit of the breast, and you get the nice crispy skin on the leg. Yeah. You get all the crispy potatoes. There's a big difference between good roast potatoes and bad roast potatoes. Then the veg has got to be nicely prepared, buttered, and then the gravy. Thick gravy, not watery gravy where it falls off before it's even got to your mouth. Yeah, of course. It's got to yeah. be thick So gravy. I'm going to go for an English chicken roast. A chicken roast. That's... I, I got hungry just listening to that yeah. description. We might have yeah. to cut the short and, and go find <laughs> yeah the the Max Schoen cooking show in the off season. I like it. All right, IndyCar DJ, longtime listener, first time emailer. When you're practicing for the 500, with it being a week long, do you notice the same fans sitting in the same location? Um, not in the same location. I definitely notice the same fans, and I notice the same fans. Some come to like 60% of the races at the autograph session that you know recognize. So I'm definitely, and I'm a faces man. I'm, as I said earlier, I'm crap with names, <laughs> but I can do the faces. Um, so I definitely recognize many fans, but I wouldn't say I recognize them sitting in, the same, in the same place. place. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Okay, uh, Sarah would like to know. <laughs> Sarah says, Hi, Max Hinch and Buzzkill. Curious to know, Max. How frequently do you get told you look like Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter? A lot. <laughs> a whole time. I wish you guys could see Max's face. He looks yeah. seriously unimpressed with this. <laughs> Always get I it. imagine he gets it a lot. Why can't it be the nice guy? It's the villain. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do get that quite a lot. Uh, and there's another guy. There's a program um, in England called Made in Chelsea, and there's a guy called Jamie Lang. Walked out of a restaurant in London the other night. Uh, in Chelsea, and they were like, oh, Jamie, Jamie. I was like, oh, my God, this, this is not good. <laughs> so, yes, I Just do Just sign the autographs. Again, Fiona's laughing in the background because I'm assuming you agree he looks like Jamie Lang. I think I look more like Jamie Lang than, than Draco. Than Draco Malfoy. I know, oh, we're, we're Googling Malfoy right now. Oh, that's Jamie Lang. Oh, Jamie Lang. No, I think you look more like Draco Malfoy, Malfoy than okay. Jamie Lang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean... I'm superior to both. Let's just get that out. That's our, fair. So, yeah, fair. Yeah. If you were a wizard, yeah. would you be a good wizard or a bad wizard? Oh, I've got to be in Gryffindor. And going to Harry Potter, uh, Chloe, my fiance, is absolutely one of the most biggest Harry Potter fans. Really? Are. We go to bed most nights listening to the Harry Potter audio tapes. So do you think that that's what attracted her to you, is that you kind of look like a character from Harry Potter? Yeah, because I can do magic tricks like that. She's just, <laughs> she, you know, she just thinks I'm a wizard. <laughs> Perfect. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Uh, okay, Micah wants to know, uh, favorite football club? Uh, well, Tottenham Hotspurs, known as Spurs. Oh, really? Yeah. You're and we've, we've been bad for the last, probably last decade, but the last two years have been cracking on. We were getting up there. So my engineer is a Tottenham supporter. Okay. So we get, I get up to, I, I, know, I know nothing about, you know, yeah. English football, European football, but I know that. Uh, favorite football player? Oh, football player. Um... I've got to say Beckham because what that man, you know, I have a bit of a man crush on Beckham. Who he's, doesn't? What, he's, what a lad. God. You know, good guy. Beautiful. Apart from the tattoos, I don't do tattoos, but beautiful and married to Spice yeah. Girl, super talented, really yeah. rich. Gets to ride all these nice motorbikes with open face helmets. Friends with around. friends with Kevin Hart. House in every major every, city in the world. Of course. Yeah. He's a cool dude. I did get to meet him. Once, say, met him. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, Fee's getting excited about that too. I feel like we have another. We have, I think we've got Fiona on the yeah, show. I was actually there's a there's a uh, motorbike uh, jacket company called Bellstar. You might have heard of it. And when I was in Formula One, I was there, sort of one of their ambassadors. 
And towards the end of the second year of doing that, they then signed Beckham. So I became a huge outcast. So we went to this, <laughs> we went to this like launch of the Beckham range. And like there was like crowds of people trying to get around him. I just stood in the corner going, hi, guys. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a young, successful, attractive race car driver. And then two years later, we've got David Beckham. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? I get it. I get it. I once qualified on the same row as Elio for the 500, huh? right? And I'm trying to remember who else was on the row with me. I want to say it was maybe Briscoe. Yeah. And, uh, and Ellie was in the middle. Briscoe was on the inside of the row. I was on the outside of the row. And we did the parade, the 500 parade on the Saturday. You could not have, there was not a single James or Ryan chant or cheer the entire time. But like Ellie sat in the middle just waving both hands to both sides of the parade. And him, Ryan and I were like leaning back, you know, looking at each other yeah. across the aisle. Like, we shouldn't even be here. No, we should just get in the front seat yeah. of the cars and just enjoy the air conditioning. It was like Tony this year. Was, Tony Kanaan had the, uh, they had the faces. Yeah, Everywhere yeah, yeah. I looked, it was just the face of Tony waving at me. God, a bunch more Tony faces? I can't think of anything more terrifying. <laughs> okay, a couple of questions. Oh, this is, these are very long questions. Let me let me kind of I'm going to paraphrase Joseph's question here. Um, actually, let's start off with this. It's, he says Max seems like he's big into mental preparations. Is that true or false? Um, I wouldn't say big, but I'm getting more and more into it. I've started using my sports psychologist this year, which I had been using years previous, mm. um, and that is a lot of that's probably one of the biggest aspects of it, being mentally prepared before you even start. So yeah, I do, I do, but I wouldn't say, you know. I make it fully aware to the fans because I do it before I sort of even come out of my bus. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you find you prepare differently for a road and street course versus an oval? Um, yeah, not really. Or is really. it the same kind of routine, just kind of gets you same, into race mode? Yeah, same routines get me in the race mode. I think just ovals I'm a little bit sort of go visit Lure a couple of more times before we go on track. <laughs> okay, we're going to end it here with the last question from a very regular contributor okay. to the Mayor on Air. He, uh, he's a young man by the name of Cooper, and Cooper always asks the most entertaining questions. I no, like it. Not to say that the other questions are entertaining. Fans, we appreciate the submissions. Please keep them coming. But Cooper has a penchant for the weirdest questions out there. Yes. That's what I should say. Not the best questions, the weirdest <laughs> questions. Honest, yeah. Okay, Max, <clears throat> hypothetical situation for you here. If Hinch and Buzzkill are both hanging off a cliff above hot lava, which one would you save, and how would you do it? Oh, good God. <laughs> Good God, what do I do here? We, I'm trying to think of a, like a, a way I can get out of this is and like save both of you, but he's clearly saying one is going <laughs> to visit that lava. The yeah. there's, uh, there's an easy way out of it because it's a hypothetical situation, so it doesn't matter. You just say, you just jump over top of both of us and human sacrifice yourself into the, into the volcano. Um, that way you don't have to make the choice. Is this a sacrifice situation? No, no, no. We're going to die too. <laughs> we're then also going to die. But at least we all die. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to have to say here. I'm going to have to say Hinge purely because he's the mayor of a town. Now, if they lose the mayor of the town, that town's Situate just going to go. Yes, it's just yeah. going to go down, and you know that, that town could be over. That so is single-handedly the best thing that being the mayor of Hinge Town <laughs> has ever gotten me. It's gotten. It's literally saved my life. That's, there we go. That's incredible. We start a fake town now. Man, but yeah. <laughs> Buzzkillville. There we go. It's like, it, it's like, come on. It's a subsidy of the... It's a, it's a suburb it's of next to Chilliville. Yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. Max, thank you so much thank for you. being on the Cheers. show. Really appreciate you coming out, thank guys. You. Mr. Max Chilton, we are in Road America this weekend. We are in Iowa in two weeks. Make sure you tune in for the next episode of The Mayor on Air. I, am, of course, am the mayor of Henshaw, James Hinchcliffe. Thank you, Buzzkill. Thanks for being here. We are on Series 214 XM 209. See you next time.